you stinky, stinky people. Smelly, smelly boys. Welcome back. girls. And non-binary people. And non-binary. Esteemed, stinky guests. (laughs) (laughs) I like that for just an intro from now on. (laughs) Hello, esteemed, stinky guests. Welcome to Milk and Screen. All right, well, we're keeping it. I think that's... It took only, only took us 27 episodes to find a good intro. Uh, and we got to add the, I'm Kyle. Uh, and I'm Jacob. It's so boring. I know, Can but we, like, we we, t- we said that we were going to start doing that. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a month. Uh, just about a month. I it think, has been. I think we, we did one in July, right? Was it uh, let me see when the last one was posted. We put that one up on... July 1st. Okay, and get this so. right. We've been gone for so long, the ocean caught on fire. <laughs> the hey. ocean caught fire. Hey, remember that? Yeah. Okay, anyways. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. because we. <laughs> it's so weird because that one, that the last one that we recorded was when I was home mm-hmm. and you were here. And, yep. and then I came back. We and I've reunited. been back for two or so weeks. And we just didn't. Nope. Yeah, we, <laughs> we just, just didn't, didn't do it. But you know what? I think it was nice to have another two-week break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I needed it, you know? Summer's been stressful. <sighs> yeah, you can, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, playing a new Pokemon game and and uh, it's good. reading Harry Potter again and again. And yeah, I read that whole... Here's my thing, folks. I love Harry Potter. Guys, Kyle's going to tell you a thing. I love Harry Listen Potter up. very, very much. And when I read it, when I finish book seven, the only thing that I want to do is just go and pick up book one and just do it all again. I love reading that series. And then it takes about a week for me to not just be continually thinking about reading the first book again. Hmm. So I'm off the high now. Yeah. I've got, I'm, I'm off the high, but next summer I'll probably be right back on it. Because I've heard that like reading like rots your brain. Like it just makes it go. <laughs> like reading sucks, yeah. dude. I love reading. Um. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so. I know because like two months ago, <laughs> we were talking about the because I was I was I was thinking about it when I was we were both back home, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about it. We were at a friend's house, and we were doing Harry Potter trivia, and I was like, I want to read Harry Potter again. I read it last summer when quarantine hit. I bought the set and I read the whole thing in like two weeks. And so a couple months ago, when summer started again, I was like, I want to read Harry Potter again. That sounds like a favorable thing for me to do i want that and then you were like oh i want to read too which read at the same time and i was like i got like multiple book page clips we just read the same book at the same time just clip where we are and then i read all the books and you've probably read like two chapters of the first one i've read 14 pages of the first book (laughs) (laughs) it's still on my desk it's still on my desk listen and listen this is exactly what happened in seventh grade i picked up the first harry potter book from the library and just on a whim, because I didn't, I didn't even want to read it, but I, I had to pick out a book, and I was like, I hate reading, so I guess I'll just pick up this book everyone seems to like. And I didn't even read the first page. I didn't, I just put it in my room, and then it, my library, the librarian like pulled me into her office one day at random school, and she was like, you know, hey, you need to bring your book back. And I, I somehow I had it in my backpack or something, or I just knew this was coming up. Mm. I was like, oh, can I renew it? I'm not done yet. <laughs> and like I was just playing this game with her. And then one night, I guess I got so bored, I was grounded or something. I don't remember, but I started reading. There was some dumb reason that I tried to read. <laughs> I, 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 it may have been genuine interest, but I sincerely don't think seventh grade Jacob was at all interested in reading anything. Right. That wasn't directly assigned to him and said, you know. <laughs> and I read the first book in one night. I was just, yeah. I didn't put it down. Uh, so maybe that'll happen again. Maybe I'll just be so bored out of my mind and like 
brain dead that I'll just be like, I gotta read. Well, the books are always sitting right here under my microphone. <laughs> cool. <laughs> ready for you I'll to grab. Be, I'm ready for to move that mic. Um, so it's been a, a good couple of weeks. We've just, I mean, I've, I've been working and Kyle's been chilling. The new, the new Pokemon MOBA came out on Wednesday. Yeah, it's been fun. It's a playing, lot of fun. Playing that and having a, a good old jolly time. Um, but today we bring yet another brain melder, the teaser little guy, to talk about to open our podcast. And I think it's a very interesting one that I that I happened upon on Twitter, and it's the discussion about hair. So we had we had this discussion briefly in the car, and I want to kind of expound upon it, kind of unravel what we'd already talked about. Um, the the hypothetical is: what if every time you cut your hair it hurt or was slightly painful. Um, and we kind of decided, okay, to make this an actually interesting situation, because obviously if it was just excruciatingly painful, no one would ever cut their hair. And right. we'd be, we would probably look completely different. Like, I don't know. Anyways, um, so we like on the pain scale, it's like a four. Like It's like maybe getting a tattoo or like, you know, getting a piercing or something or a needle right. put in your arm. So that's, that's the amount of pain you feel whenever someone cuts your hair. What do we think about how gender roles would just completely change for for that hypothetical? Like, like, because first of all, there would be people who would just never get their hair cut, in a, and people still do today. Like that just happens, right? But there are people who would never get their hair cut ever because hair hurts. There would. Here's what I think would happen. Okay, is that you're smart as as, 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 as a as a broad statement. Okay, for the most part. Is that there wouldn't be a stigma on hair at all for anyone. Like like if a girl had facial hair. Right. You know? And then people like people wouldn't be like, Oh my god, girls got facial hair gross. It'd be like you'd be like, Oh, do you like the way you look with a mustache mustache? And like, I ah, kind of, but cutting my hair just hurts too much. And then the other person would be like, Yeah, I get that, it hurts. And then that'd yeah. be it, because everyone knows that there's pain involved. So if you don't go for it, it's fine. It hurts. I think so. What that's because that's exactly what happens with tattoos. Like some could be like, I want a tattoo, but I just I think it would hurt too much. And people would be like, I get that. I I think, I think you're thinking about it a little too logically, because if you think How about how dare I? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't blame you for doing that, but I think that with pain and with appearance people will go to great lengths they absolutely will like, but that, like, and when people do that no one would no one would have a stigma against them either like when people if, if people shaved or cut their hair to look like the normal ways that we do now uh-huh. no one would be against that either they'd be like they feel good that way and they're willing to go through the pain go for it because that's exactly how we feel about tattoos as well some people would be a whole tatted sleeve and you know some people might think that that's that that's awful but that's because the look of the tattoo itself has always been a stigma. Like there's always been a stigma against different past generations up to now right. of the way the tattoo is like a, um, a harmful process to the body. Right. The you tattoo know, tattoo is a taboo. Right. Exactly. Like there's, there's always been stigmas from past generations of being it's harmful to your body and it's dangerous and you shouldn't treat your body that way. But no one would, I don't think if there was pain involved with hair no one would still no one feel that that way about hair because you're not damaging your body at all hmm. there, or there, there there would well, there would be no pseudoscience to it damaging your body that there is to tattoos which again tattoos can be harmful if it's done improperly but that's beside right. the point yeah but but even like if it's painful because because pain can damage your psyche and your and your mental health like you know i mean 
constantly shaving your legs like that's got to be like damaging to a woman's or a man's psyche and their like their mental health i I don't know that that's my thought about it like would we ever like like, would our bodies have evolved differently to not have that much hair like at all in our bodies like there's reasons why we have hair where we have it you know like Mm. under our armpits and like you know in our nethers and you know yeah see there's no reason for that hair (laughs) well well well, there's reasons for it like outside of modern society was society where we're clothes but you know in when we didn't wear clothes there was obvious reasons for it but see we've been wearing clothes for so long you think our bodies would have adapted by now how long we've we, we been wearing clothes a long time how long have humans been around <laughs> longer than we've been wearing clothes it's just had time to adapt to it that's what i'm saying there's clearly been time to adapt to it and our bodies just haven't so i don't think i don't think that hair cutting having a pain aspect to it would have changed our bodies at, i mean certainly hair would grow more slowly Hmm. but i don't think that it would have completely changed that we don't have hair in places that we do now i think we would still have more on our head and certainly more on our head than anywhere else that would still be the case maybe not in like armpits and nether regions maybe that would have slowed down to quite an extent but i think the growth of hair would have just slowed tremendously what would everyone's hair look like? Like, would there be, like, a bunch of unhealthy hairs? Like, I think of people who have, like, short hair now, like, really cut well-groomed hair. Like, if they had to let it grow long, it would look disgusting. <laughs> like, it'd look gross. I don't, I, I don't well, know. That's my, here's my thing. I think... You have another thing? Yes, I have a lot of things. <laughs> okay. I think there would be quite a few specific groups. I think you would have a group of people that went for a... One time, go for it, go bald and go through that pain. And then just every day, you know, just do a quick little shave of anything tiny that sprouted mm. up. Because that really, we're, I'm assuming that that really wouldn't hurt as much as cutting a full length hair. Right. right? We can, I assume there would be this whole group that went through the one time process and then just kept it clean and bald mm. every day. Okay. So they wouldn't ever have to go through pain again. I think there'd be a group of I people. Think, and, and personally, Kyle, I'm just going to say it, that would definitely be you. A hundred percent, that'd be you. I uh, no, I don't think that would be me, Kyle. It would totally be you. I no, you, you would you would hate it so much. You would get the girl around your head. You'd be all like freaked out about it, and you would be like, "I have to be bald so I can I have to go through the pain." And- I don't really. Pain has never really bothered me that much anyway. Like, I really wouldn't care that much. I'd probably be of the second group that lets it grow and never cuts it ever. What? I don't think that'd be you. But, or, but, but, but I mean, I, I would you, most so. likely be a part of. The third group, which is just the people that get it cut like once a year. Because here's the thing. Let's assume that hair in this hypothetical grows as fast as hair grows currently. Oh, yeah. In one year, your hair has not gotten that much longer. Like it's obviously well, gotten longer. It depends. But it's not so awfully – it's not so awful that you can't just go for a year and then just go get it cut to the way you had it the year before and then just wait another year or two years, whatever whatever you find in your life that you like. Like maybe you grow it out a year and you're like, I still like it the way that it looks now. Maybe I'll just keep going for a little bit. I think a year is much longer than you think. Like a year of hair growth is really long. Like especially if you grow it from for a male's perspective, like it's down to your shoulders at the time of year. I know, but like I, last year, like I in February of 2020, I got my hair cut. And then I didn't cut it, get a cut again until August. And then I cut it again the next February. I got one haircut from February to February in between. 
as opposed to in this hypothetical where I could go for zero in between and just do another one in February. Like that wouldn't bother me at all. I get haircuts so in like so seldomly that just waiting a year to do it again, I'd be totally fine with that. I think people's hair grows at different rates, but that's I mean again that's aside from the the hypothetical. You're saying what there's three groups, one bald people. People that never cut it. People that never cut it. People who cut it once a year. And the people that cut it at a very long, like the long spans of time between each cut, whatever that span of time they like for their certain hair lengths. Now, I, I wonder if you're okay if I have a thing. Can I have a thing? <sighs> but I, I have so many more things. You can have a thing. Okay. You can have a thing. I, I might have two things. Um, no. Number one, no. I think in this hypothetical, just and this is a very generalized i guess a bit of a stereotype um but i'm gonna say it and it's mostly for the most part true i think in this scenario there will be a much an abundance of buzzed women in this specific in this specific situation women with buzz cuts for some reason that will be like the norm or like the beauty standard because there is so much pain involved. There's so much, you know, like I, it's hard to explain, but it'll be seen as. I mean, it's not that it's not seen as beautiful, and I, I like. I tend to like buzzed women. I think it's for some women it looks really, really good. But I think there'll be way more just because of like the, you know, ooh, look at me, or like it's kind of like plastic surgery almost. Like it's like, oh, I went through a a procedure to get my my cheeks lifted or whatever well, i th- well the, the the stigma that is you know the pain is beauty thing and the what people do to be seen as beautiful are all to fit whatever the societal norm of beauty is and i don't see why haircuts hurting would make the societal norm of beauty a buzz cut this is why that's the line i this can't is, draw this is my second part okay right because now haircutting is a painful endurance you know thing like Mm -hmm. it basically will be barbers will have to be a lot more qualified and have to be paid a lot more so there will be i mean this is this is capitalism it's it's still the same world it's just different hair barbers will have to like go to a much longer school and require much more for a haircut so there will be a whole section of the world or the we'll just call it the u.s that will never be able to afford haircuts on a regular basis and it will look like they look, or they'll try and keep it, you know, kept. Or maybe they'll do mm. home style haircuts, and they'll, you know, <laughs> there'll be stories all over the place about kids getting, you know, crying or whatever haircut accidents. But there will be professional barbers, and I'm wondering, like, what these places would look like. I, be, I here, here's what they'll look like. Okay, <laughs> you got my mind spinning now. There's and, gonna be. And I'm glad I do. This there's is, gonna. There, you're I right. miss this, Kyle. There's gonna be a group of people. Look at screams. <laughs> that can't. <laughs> That can't afford it mm-hmm. and or don't want to get their hair cut because of the right. pain. So there's that. I think what these places would look like is going to be semi – it's like a fuse between barbershop and doctor's office because what these people that have the money to do it, if they have it, are also going to want to spend the money of, hey, can you put me under for the haircut so I don't mm. feel the pain? So there's going to be extra added costs of that. That's what's going to happen. I was th- You're gonna have to have a set like a pseudo medical license to cut hair. Yeah. In case people want like anesthesia or they wanna go anesthesia? Yeah. Or they wanna go under with the freaking nitro, whatever the heck gas. Nitro oxide. Yes. Then you gotta have like a 
or at least a, a professional on site oh, to be dude, able to administer the correct amount. There's got to be that. Dang. That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna happen. Now, so, you, so people, people they're gonna be the other group of people that want to go bald, even if they don't have that money. That's gonna be something that people save up for. They're gonna be talking about like I'm putting all my money in savings so that I can afford one haircut, go bald, and then never have to do it again. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be what certain savings accounts are for, and yeah, society would be very different. Barbers, isn't the wasn't the first episode we talked about haircuts? That had to have been one of the first yes, ones. Yes, because we went – we had just both gotten our hair cut. I think that was the first episode. Yeah. yeah. We were like, how do we talk to barbers? Imagine having like a medical procedure <laughs> when you're talking to your barber. Like <laughs> like haircuts now have like medical names. Oh, that's crazy. And then cutting your fingernails would hurt too, right? Because you made the same material. I guess technically. And mm. sometimes your fingernails hurt anyway because you do it too deep or you do it – you know, it goes too much to the side, and you get well, some skin. Isn't that technically the finger, though? It wouldn't, wouldn't be the fingernail. Well, I mean, you know how you get, like, you you go down the fingernail too much, and it's the like it's the inside of the fingernail that's connecting to the skin. Mm-hmm. I think that's still a bit of. I mean, obviously, there's pain involved, and I think it's right. kind of a fusion between fingernail and skin hurting. Because I thought these had just no feeling in them, but they're you're probably the, right. But the root in the underneath there is very sensitive skin. Because what um. Oh my goodness, my brain is blinking. What is the not keratin? Is it keratin? Yeah. That's in fingernails mm-hmm. and hair. So I mean I guess fingernails would hurt as well. Is it called keratin because if you eat carrots, your nails and hair are good? Please tell me it's not. No, no. Keratin is with a K. And I, oh, oh I thought carrot <laughs> <laughs> And also carrots are for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to Gale.com. <laughs> to who? You heard me, right? I I don't know what that is. So what is Gale? Is that what you said, Gale? This is another thing that I found on Twitter. Okay. Yes, this is Gale dot com. G A L E or I L? G A I L dot com. Okay. Okay. The tweet is I mistyped Gmail dot com on my work laptop and found Gale dot com today. Why has nobody ever told me about this before? It's amazing. I'm so okay. lost. You're lost, but you will be found, and it is so <laughs> funny. Okay. Somebody uh, – this is a, a Q&A from that website, gale.com. Okay. Q- question. Why isn't there any content here? Can you at least throw up a picture of your cat for the internet checkout? Answer. Sorry, I have a cat, but she's usually pretty unexciting by internet standards. Question. Internet interested in selling gale.com? She says, sorry, no. How did you manage to get gale.com? My husband registered it as a birthday gift back in 1996. So I'm guessing this person's name is Gail. Apparently. And in 1996, her husband bought her this website domain, and they've just been keeping it you know, fresh yeah. for, for a while. This gets even more interesting. Okay. How many times a day is this page visited? In 2015, this page received 1,836,039 <laughs> hits, which is an average of 5,030 per day. 83% of those hits were from unique IP addresses. Occasionally, we get reddited and several tens of thousands of visitors over a day or so. Why is your website so popular? Are you one of those famous people that no one knows why they're famous? No, I'm not famous. It seems likely that most visitors simply mistype gmail.com and end up visiting gale.com by mistake. Hmm. I tried to send some photos to my girlfriend and typed gale.com instead of gmail.com in the address field. The photos were of a very personal nature. 
can you please delete them? <laughs> <laughs> there are only two valid email addresses on the gale.com domain, so it is extremely likely that your photos were rejected by my email provider and tossed into the pit bucket. Another interesting gale.com factoid. My amazing email provider, ProtonMail, rejects about 1.2 million misaddressed emails per week to the gale.com domain. Wow. I think you're infringing on my trademark. Uh, it's trademark BS. Are you interested in monetizing gale.com? No, but thanks for asking. Um, she's The people are asking, you can make money on, on this. But basic, basically, this website has existed. And of course... Obviously, millions of websites have existed, and it makes sense statistically that this would exist. Right. But it's so funny, the coincidence of it. Right. With Gmail being now a thing. I, I, and I guarantee you, Gmail didn't exist in 1996. No. So, like, a decade, maybe, of just pure bliss of Gale.com just existing for no reason. And she's like, oh, you know, my nerdy husband gave it to me as a gift. That's so funny. I have a couple of questions. Uh, hold on. Go ahead. And then – Randomly, when Gmail comes around, you get millions of messages <laughs> a year and just <laughs> keep accumulating. I just that's so funny. That's to me. so. I have a couple questions. Okay, I'm ready. A. When naming your child Gail, who spells it like that? What kind of spelling is G A I L? This is just my assumption. I am not sure if if if, if Gail dot com was just her husband. I mean, it, mu- random it, name, it or- must be her, it must be his wife. Like ninety eight percent, that's probably what happened. I mean, maybe, but so I, I, we we I don't want to assume. I just that's that's my guess. Secondly, secondly, is it this many people per day that are bad at typing? Oh, God. and or just don't have Gmail as a favorited bookmark so that you can just go to it. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think that. There's plenty of people, including myself, that are completely computer illiterate. And can you imagine the amount – I mean, baby boomers and, like, people in their, you know, 60s, 50s, and 40s are even – and I, I fall under this camp where I'm just – I'm completely computer illiterate. I have no idea how to – like, I know, I know basics, but I don't know, like – I wouldn't think to bookmark Gmail, for example. I don't send them any emails. But there are people who send a lot of emails, and maybe by typing something by mistake, they type gale.com. And then That's their com- crazy. And their computer remembers that. And so, like, oh, gale.com? Okay. Freaking. I've never come across it. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Um, But, I mean, obviously, there are people who send it to gale.com, too. So, it, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah. that makes sense as well. Um, But, yeah, that's something I found on the internet, and I, I found it extremely intriguing. It's so funny to me. You need to, uh, you need to buy the address facebook.com. And, uh, <laughs> and, and just try and get the oh same fame. <laughs> try and get the same Facebook. fame. <laughs> Can't imagine how many people type in Facebook. And <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Dang. Oh, man. That's good. All right. Now we get to the topic at hand. And this is something that's been kind of loosely in my mind since we started the podcast. I never really wanted to, like, make it an episode. But I, I think it's a, it's, it has enough uh, – Enough of a t- it's enough of a topic we can at least talk about it at, at least at length. I think both of us are typically, and correct me if I'm wrong, history nerds or history buffs. Um, I I would say so. I don't know nearly as much as, much as I would want to, and I have a lot of reading that I want to do on different parts of history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to say I know I'm rough around the edges in most in most history, um, not concepts, um. What is the word I'm looking for? Most history topics. That's the word I'm looking really? for. Like I like 
if you if you talked about a major history topic, I'd be able to tell you like, oh, this, that, and the other about this side or that side of history and whatever. Right. But like, you know, there are certain parts of history that I'm well versed in. But I would I would like to think that I'm knowledgeable about a lot of history. I think I am too. At a at I, a at a low to medium range at the least. I watch way too much YouTube about history. You watch so much of that um cartoon oversimplified oversimplified that's his name Uh, he's good i like him i like it i like it a lot it's very cheesy and uh i I also watch a lot of um uh what is it what is it it's gonna kill me um it's it's gonna kill me but i i i I consume a lot of historical stuff and i'm very fascinated by history Mm -hmm. um that's my favorite favorite subject in high school was history um you know i i just i like it a lot um but uh, I, I do kind of I, – I obviously think I should go, could learn more about, more about history, but I, I've learned recently about some time periods that I overlooked. I was like, this is not an important time. No, nothing crazy, no wars, you know. Ugh. But upon revisiting and, like, learning about them actually, um, I found that they're some of the most interesting and weird times in history. So – I thought about bringing it up and just kind of seeing what your what your favorite times in history were. Like, what were your favorite periods? Or like, you know, I think like that's a a really weird question to ask someone like on like the first day or something like that. But I feel like we're past that stage now, so we can ask these questions to each other. <laughs> but no, I I think it's just fun to talk about. So let's talk about history. Okay, let's uh, talk about history. I I I'm gonna go first. Go for it. And I'm gonna talk about very recent history. Okay. The nineties. Okay. What about, let's, I, let's hear what you I have to say about the 90s. always, always overlooked the 90s. I, like, I was technically a 90s kid. Both of us were. Technically, if you want to get really technical. We were two at, at, at the oldest when, nine, when the 90s ended. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the 2000s, like, you know, early 2000s is still kind of the 90s to me. Yeah, like some of the 90s. Like, obviously, when a decade ends, that the whole fat of the decades just don't end. Like, True. things roll over, but, you know. Um, so, we were little kids when, in the 90s. My, I think my older sister more counts for, like, a 90s kid where she was yeah. in her yeah. primary school. We were, quote-unquote, 90s kids because we were born in the 90s, but we were 2000s kids. The 90s is it's so fascinating to see the ep- economic boom from the 80s continue and shape how things were advertised how things transpired and then the repercussions of that in the next 10 years after Mm -hmm. the 90s it's so interesting to see the preface to that because obviously a lot of things happened in the 2000 to 2010 decade Mm -hmm. like you know 9-11 you know economic crash Mm -hmm. all, all this crazy 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 stuff and that all was preceded by the 90s these these like you know this uh crazy like smiley face over like this dark twisted stuff that was going on behind the scenes um it's so interesting like with the with the economics of it all i don't know i i was watching a couple of videos on why the 90s are so um important to how our world's shaped today and it's kind of crazy how things have really come together like i mean in the 90s too was the inventions of the computers like modern computers were invented in those times um i, I guess that's kind of wrong because the 70s was really when yeah but but in terms of like what we like the world wide web for instance right what we know is the modern what we use the modern computer for yeah i don't know 90s are weird 
I I wish that I was. I mean, I was obviously a kid through two thousands, and there are some there's some classic stuff that we have to be a part of in the two thousands. But there are some more classic stuff that we could have been a part of in the nineties as children that I kind of wish we had been. Mm. Because I didn't get a lot of TV as a, as a child anyway. We didn't have it for a long time. But say I had, I would have wanted. I think I would have wanted it more in the '90s when older cartoons like Hey Arnold, for instance, or being able to like when Pokemon was first happening, you know, oh, early yeah. on. I mean, I remember being like really young and watching Pokemon. Like I, like I definitely was. I mean, the anime. I'll look up when the anime came out. Um, that's a freaking notification. Um. I think it's nine. I think it's uh, two thousand two when the post when the first anime. Yeah, because the first came game out. came out in ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I guess we weren't that far behind, but we were zero when we were two years behind. Right. Um, or were we nine so months the old? Anime. That's a it says it came out in ninety seven. That's what. <laughs> uh, let me go to these. It says ninety seven and ninety nine. So I guess it came out at the oh, same wow. time. Yeah. Uh, but I remember watching it when I was like five years old, and I was obviously not in nineteen ninety-seven. But you know, I, I don't know. I I kind of like where I grew up, and I mean that's kind of easy to say because I didn't grow up anywhere else. So I have no frame of reference. But I grew up in you know rural South, in at the edge of technology. So I had technology, and I had video games and you know cutting edge things kept coming out and coming out and coming out i had a cd and player then, in the back of my car when we would go on trips i had a cd player cutting and then edge the, technology and then the next year we had an ipod and then the next year you know we, game boy advanced exactly and and being able to go through all of that now i can can't say the same for my younger sister emily she's just now in, in high school i don't think emily got that much of like the outside kid thing i think she was you know i mean and I don't think any of kids are getting that. Even my even my little sister didn't really have any of that. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't want to speak for your sister, but I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if it was maybe when she was much younger, and that, and that was part of part of it, like go play outside. But for us, like, it, that was all we did for the first part of my life. You know. Well, for so for me, we didn't like we didn't get all the things that we got, like those technology things, CD players, iPods, and Game Boys, all that kind of stuff. We got all that stuff a couple years after they happened. Mm-hmm. Like when we got home from school, it was go outside until the streetlights turn on and you hear dad whistle. Because our dad had a very loud whistle. You had to stay outside until someone down the streetlights came on. And then you were allowed to come back inside. And that's the way it was for us. And then in terms of phone, like we were supposed to all get our first one when we turned 13. Walter got his when we was 13. And then the rest of us didn't. I didn't get one until I was 15, at which point... Me, my little brother, who was 13, and my little sister, who was 11, all got our first phone at the same time. So my little sister didn't really have anything except I think she had an iPod for a couple years before she got her phone. And then it was glued to her hand forever. So, like, there wasn't that – yeah, there wasn't, like, that that outside progression of kind of older to newer stuff. It was just kind of iPod, here's an iPhone um but for me and my older brother it was more of like here's this uh tiny cd player and here's an mp3 player that you won at royal rangers for reciting all the books of the bible in a row this is three years old but here um that was that 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 was how it was for me like we were always behind with technology in the first place 
Um, so it felt more outside, but my younger brother and younger sister, not so much. Gotcha. So the 90s. I don't have much to say about the 90s, but I do, I do think it's very interesting how that turn of the century really changed our next 20 that we've had so far. Yeah. Um, so anyways, back to, back to Kyle Jagelski. Um, let's see. Cause I, I have a, hu- I have a few specific instances that okay. I want to talk about okay. that I found interesting or funny. Um, obviously I think we talked about this before. It was the dancing plague. Mm. Uh, yes, we did. I just wanted to list that down and briefly mention it again. Cause if you haven't looked into it, you it's should. It's so weird. Horrifying. And they were there and there were autopsies on these people. And no one, none of them could figure out why it happened. Yeah, people literally danced until their feet bled and then they passed out. And it happened in multiple points as well. Like there was, you know, when it, and like a case of like 1850s or something, mm-hmm. it happened. And then there there was a group of people in like the 1890s. Yep. It's insane. Um, okay, here's something that I found very interesting is that obviously... I won't say obviously. Okay, here's the thing. Growing up in America is a blessing and a curse. Because okay. um, America is a very privileged country. And, you know, people people seek to come here for the sake of their families and generations that come after them. Sure. Because it's a, it's a free and blessing country. Sure. However, it is also a curse. Because, as we know sometimes, the way things get taught here are very america centric they are and make it kind of seem like this is the only part of the world i remember i was reading earlier mark twain has this quote that i'd never heard until today he said god invented war so that americans would learn geography <laughs> that, that was mark twain's mark quote twain. and i was like wow what a guy that is god love that heavy guy. gotta love that guy um i love mark twain so i say that to say that you know, uh, before you go on i'm so sorry do you know what's funny to be a funny to me about mark twain what's that he can he can literally either be from 1835 or 1976 and no one be able to tell you differently like if someone's like hey look at this mark twain quote from from like he'd be from that hundred years i literally have no idea when he was alive well he he also has a quote of like civilization he says civilization didn't start until the abolishment of slavery and he was talking with T.S. Eliot, so if that helps your time frame at all. Nope. It doesn't help mine either. I just know early, that he said that. I, I know early 1900s, but I just – it seems like he's such an older person. It kind of – it's so the same thing with ago. Einstein. Yeah. People talk Einstein. about Einstein, and you could ask one person. They'd say, I don't know, 1880s, and another person would be like, 1950? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 1950s I think is more accurate. But, um, but I say all that to say, A, the word obviously wasn't so well used there, but – there, every country has different standards of what status and or beauty is, okay. right? Yep. They're usually different. Like, you know, even in the past, status and um, superiority was being a little bit overweight because that meant you had food. Yep. Um, so obviously things change. Well, in China, for a very, very long time, status for a woman – one of the symbols of status was having small and dainty feet. That was part of a symbol of status. So this is so this is so weird, and I cannot believe this ever happened, but I totally 
it, it's, it amazes me. Let me. I, I want to read it correctly. By the way, I already know exactly what you're going to say. So they would they would do this thing called foot binding, where they would break girls' toes, and then wrap their feet and toes in cloth to prevent their feet from growing. Yep. And so that way, later on, their feet would stay small and dainty, and they would be seen as statusified. Yep. That is crazy to me. It is so crazy to me that that happened for centuries. It's and it, it is a stigma in our world that women with big feet are whatever, you know. And they didn't ban foot binding till 1912. Wow. I'm surprised they even banned it 100 years ago. I mean, honestly, that number kind of surprised me too, but still, it wasn't until the 20th century and over a decade into the 20th century that they banned it. You want to be really messed up? You know when the when French stopped the when do you know when the French stopped decapitating people as a form of capital punishment? I don't. Take a guess. I I, I want to hear you guess. Well, the way you're framing this, it seems like it's sooner than it should be. But if my initial yeah, guess, initial if you would just ask the question, would have been somewhere in like the 1830s or 40s. 1830s. That would have been my guess. I'm gonna Google this just to verify it. But I think the answer is 1978. <laughs> no way. I'm going to look this up. Uh, when did the... Uh, sorry, it's a lull. Okay. Um, I, I read a quote about... There's a, In one of these books that we have, there's a quote from The Adventure of the Guillotine. And I want to read it real quick. Um, now that we're talking about it, because I found it so interesting. Oh my gosh. The use of the guillotine. I thought they used a different device, but they still used the, the guillotine. Continued in France well into the 20th century, diminishing during the 1960s and 70s, with only eight executions occurring between 1965 and the last one in 1977. I was one year off. Good Lord. In September 1981, France outlawed the capital punishment and abandoned the use of the guillotine. That's insane. 1977? Okay, I... I for some reason cannot find the quote, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why I did that. What did you do? Did you look up what the last de de decapitation was so that you could just see it? Yeah. You sick, sick man. <laughs> why would you do that? It's not that. I, I, who was the last person to die by guillotine? That's the question. I clicked on it, and his name is Hamida Jandubi. <laughs> He died 50 years ago. I, I, I think it's safe to laugh at it now. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? It's offensive. Oh, man. That's kind of funny. But yeah, he had some quote about the guillotine about it. Like, all the subject would feel is like a cool rush and then nothingness or something to that effect. And I remember reading it, and it was like a harrowing quote. I was like, man, he was really intent on them just being dead as quick as possible and as dead as possible. Yeah. Um, which it's kind of funny because my next favorite uh, time in history is the French Revolution. Mm. Now, definitely not my – I would never want to be in the French Revolution because <laughs> uh, it's god-awful. Uh, it is bloody, horrifying, harrowing, um, tumultuous times to be in when, when, you're, when your entire body of your country – Hates its government, hates its its royalty, and vehemently and violently overthrows it. 
It is nothing but bloodshed and horror, but it is a strangely inspiring and interesting time to to look at and study and how people reacted to things. Yeah. Um, because, and and I think there's a reason why I I vividly remember the French Revolution so much. I had a European history class and it was AP Euro. I didn't mean to sign up for it. I was in ninth grade. Um, my one of my first high school classes was one of the hardest classes in general, just for high schoolers to do. European history is not easy, <laughs> and yeah. the French Revolution was the first thing that we studied that I found actually interesting. Like, and and we had a thousand years of history to study before that, <laughs> but the French Revolution, it's just so interesting how how the royalty could be so separated from its peasantry yeah and how worthless things were and how that how people were so down on their luck and so destitute and so desperate that they said we have to overthrow the government we have to storm the bastille which is this huge prison Mm -hmm. and it's got freaking castle walls around it and they have to you know and these people rose up from the shadows and took advantage of those same peasants and used their their violent tendencies to you know fuel this 40-year revolution that changed everything ideology has changed they had like six different forms of governments with all different constitutions within a decade like it is just such a fascinating time to look at if you if you have no idea what i'm talking about first of all i'll give you a little rundown okay it's amazing what happens when the government doesn't listen to the people (laughs) you can say that again uh so for hundreds of years the french had a monarchy and this monarchy grew more and more and more um uh what's the word incredibly i want to say fatuous i know that's not a word but basically there was in a a, what's the word i'm looking for affluence is the word i'm looking for but like it, it the uh extravagance of the royalty was so uh extravagant there was just it, it was so it was everything in excess there was so much food and so much uh gold and then like palaces and everything like that and the peasantry everyone in the lower class who was serfs or anything like that were all like eating pig slop um for a very very long time and there were people who were like revolutionaries who honestly revolutionaries had been around for a long time, but they just never had had the right, like the match didn't strike at the right time. Yeah. And once it did, once, once there was a, a turn where he got a bunch a, enough people to support that cause, it was over. They, they stormed the Bastille, stole all their weapons and their gunpowder and all this stuff. And they went to the, the Versailles, the Versailles, Versailles. Yeah. And they went to Versailles and, you know, tried to capture King Louis and King Louis fled. They killed Marie Antoinette and all these people imprisoned a bunch of kings and a bunch of people came to power and left and then they went to the guillotine and chopped a bunch of people's heads off and just killed each other for hundred like not hundred years, but like forty years. Mm-hmm. It was just like tumultuous, tumultuous times. And then Napoleon comes out of nowhere. A general yeah. from uh not Serbia. Um I forget what it what it was called. But he wasn't even from France. And he's just like, I'm gonna be emperor now. I'm just gonna take over all of Europe 
he just comes and just with with the French having no money, he takes over basically all of Europe and go almost gets into Russia and just almost completely annihilates Russia and takes over that whole part of the world. And and he was afraid of cats the whole time while he did it. Yep. And I'd like to say this. This is gets. I think I feel like I've heard this quote probably a billion times or this the stigma. I I I feel like I heard before that Napoleon. Before I heard that Napoleon was short, I heard the quote people saying he actually wasn't short. Right. Like for the time, he was average height. But for some reason, I feel like I've heard that he was average height before I heard he was short. So it seems like he's extra compensating for something. Like <laughs> like extra, like indulging in the compensating for his height. Whatever. Um, but he got stopped by the Russians because it was cold. Same reason yeah. that Hitler got stopped <laughs> because the Russians were cold. Um so, French Revolution. Look it up. Watch a video. Again, the oversimplified video. It's like forty minutes long, but it it really condenses everything, makes it a little funny, and it's nice. Well, similarly to um, how you talk about something from a place you visited, I'm going to talk about something about a place I visited. Ooh, okay. Which is Berlin itself. I am still boggled that the wall fell in 1990. Yeah. Or 1989, and then the official 1990. I That boggles my mind. How in all of my time of being alive did I not know it was so recent? Yeah. That is not long. That's 30 years ago. Yeah. That is not a long time. Like, I was basically already alive. My, my sister was like, – my older sister was just being born around that time. Like, that is insane. How did I never know that? Hmm. And it amazed – like – the split of the city itself is crazy to me. Like, I still don't understand why the split happened in the first place. Like, because I, I know that they gave half of it to the, the Allies and then half of it to the Soviet Union. This was part of the treaty. Yeah, um, I, I don't really know why they did that as part of the treaty. Like, I feel like it has something to do with everyone just being so displaced. I feel like with... with that magnitude of that war that happened, you know, beforehand, um, everyone was just so displaced and so and so done with this crazy war that happened. And it's funny too because the big three who stopped it—the UK, us, and Russia—we'd been working together to stop Germany because we knew because UK and Russia were all um, were all against you know their themselves being taken over and the u.s were kind of just like we're just here to back up capitalism and not nazism yeah because america didn't join the war at first right after world war one world war ii started and then the people of america didn't want america to be involved in the war so they held off and then when eventually we were needed then we sprang into action well even then we 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 were we were joining in after pearl harbor um yeah but really and truly the only that was part of the reason because Japan and and um, and Nazi Germany were also in cahoots, mm-hmm. so we really didn't feel the need to get in there and start pummeling people until that happened. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was wasn't as close. It wasn't as like as much of a landslide as everyone tends to think it was. It, sometimes it got really really close. And again, the Russian winter was what really stopped Hitler from just literally taking over all of Russia. Because he took he took over so much Stalingrad of and. All these, I think, I think Stalingrad was the one he didn't get to, get to, didn't get to, but Moscow and all those other cities. Um, but 
I think p- part of the treaties, whenever those three countries got back together and the the UN and everyone got back together, Russia was just kind of like, we helped you guys, so we're going to take this and this and this. And they were so intimidated by Stalin, like how how wildly he was talking mm-hmm. about. And he was showing off the nukes and stuff like that, too, to, to these two. Yeah, he was like, hey, look at how big my nuke is. Give me half. Yeah. So, and it amazes me the way this, like, how intense that split was because the west side of berlin probably to this day is one of the at the time that it it was existing was probably one of the biggest symbols of freedom in a country that there was like if you lived in germany or berlin specifically like looking at west berlin was looking at paradise that was like the golden gates and you know what's funny if about you were on the east side what's funny about that too capitalist countries from all over the world poured money into west into west berlin to make it look like that that's part of the reason why, why i did it. it's kind of honestly kind of sad but it, it's true that to make it look like communist berlin was this horrible desolate place which i'm not saying it wasn't communist russia was not a good place to be in but no, yeah that 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 east side of berlin was like they they didn't make money at all, and they had to. They like they they at first they were allowed to visit West Berlin, and then eventually they just decided actually you're just not allowed to do that anymore, and so people from West Berlin were trying to smuggle people, like smuggle people goods from East Berlin, or people from East Berlin were trying to you know to smuggle themselves over to West Berlin, mm-hmm. and it was, I mean I, being there and seeing all the places where they would smuggle stuff as well is obviously a whole different experience but then even like passing the wall and seeing the parts of it that were still up of where the split was just boggled my mind yeah um and it's crazy how even now the different the two sides of berlin aesthetically are so different there's one side that is so commercialized and it just like the neighborhoods and the places where people like anywhere that some that people live, like apartment buildings, it all looks nice and clean. And there's another side that even now is dirty and uncleaned and sometimes just uninhabited. And there's still like there's still a divide of how the city is laid out and what side is has money and what's what side doesn't because yeah. it, the fall happened so recently mm-hmm. that that is still a thing. Yeah, it boggles my mind. Yeah, that I didn't know. Like even throughout history classes, I didn't know, and maybe uh, maybe that somehow that scooped over my head, and I was like, yeah, it fell in 1990. And then being there and learning more about it, I was like, 1990 is when this ended. It's so this didn't end in like the 1800s. <laughs> it didn't even happen in the 1800s, but that feels like when it should have been a thing that was going on. Yeah, it, it is pretty recent from when we were in school, in school too. I mean, 2016, 2015. You know, like 1990 is still really recent. From then, I, I guess it's only five years later from now. But I feel like now in classes they probably go into a little more depth with. I hope so, because like it, the, the thing the book, because I didn't realize until he said the date. We were walking through a museum, and there was there was colored video of people going over the wall, and I was like, "Why am I so aware that that lady is wearing pink pants? How is there a colored video of this happening?" Yeah, and I was like, "1990. That's." I think it's just because mind. World War Two seems it was was so much farther away from World exactly. War II. Like, well, I I feel so disassociated from World War Two. Right. I I don't know if that's weird or bad to say, but like, obviously we had no stake in it. But like, it feels like I'm so disassociated with that. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, 
we're associated with so much stuff from the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. That the fact that it happened in 89, 90 is crazy to me. Like, Friends started four years after the fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> Seinfeld started two years after the fall of Berlin. How is it? How? Wow. Um, let's talk about Prohibition. Let's talk about Prohibition. This is by far the most, I think, overlooked thing in history class. That's possible. They banned alcohol in America, and they just thought that'd be a great idea. It's so funny it to me still. It is so <laughs> stupid. Dude, these guys were imbeciles, okay? Let me tell you what happened in Prohibition. I have watched so many videos on Prohibition now. It is crazy. It's so interesting, isn't it? It is so crazy. So get this, right? Before Prohibition, right, in the 1800s leading into the 1900s, right? This is about the time this was happening. Americans drank more alcohol than they did water because water in rural parts of America was not safe to drink. In cities, irrigation and, like, you know, plumbing was kind of becoming a new thing at the turn of the century, so it, it was getting there. But even still, like, you just drink alcohol. Alcohol is clean. It's just, mm. it's just what you drink. And they would – I mean, they would drink it day and night. Bars would just be open all day and all night and, you know – Obviously, it's not the best way to live, but people were neglecting their jobs, neglecting their lives and their wives and their families. This is what was happening, and this became part of the culture of America. Yeah. Um, and this, these women in, um, in Ohio and I think in Kentucky, remember that, right? Kentucky. We're, we're forming this temperance um, union to talk about alcohol abuse and, and yeah. their men and stuff like that. And, and this was a time when women didn't – do anything and then like they were going in the streets and like praying to god that men would stop mm -hmm. drinking alcohol and protesting and stuff like that and their and their husbands were like well i can't rear my children if my wife's doing this so i guess i'll stop drinking and you know that that's what happened people started you know actually viewing temperance and tolerance of alcohol as very different things and only drinking for pleasure and only drinking for for, for... so this was happening right and then this guy who loved this idea of everyone stopping drinking alcohol Climbed the ladder in in Congress and became elected. I don't know what to what position. It wasn't like a presidency, but like he was elected to some kind of seat of Congress. And he passed this 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 amendment to the Constitution that banned the sale of alcohol. And people, of course, lost their minds. It's like, well, how, first of all, the water is not safe to drink. So how am I going to you know live and mm -hmm. you know make money? Anyways, so. What they would do, they would find so many ways to get around this law. First of all, a bunch of country clubs started um, – because uh, the, obviously the amendment didn't start like on the first day that it was in conceived. So they had a couple months to store up. So these people just started storing up wine and like yeah. ma making their own cellars. And you know, of course, it jacked up the price of wine and alcohol. Um, people used to sell bricks of like congealed grape matter and gra or like grape you know, substance so that you – know, they say, don't buy more than three of these if you don't want it to turn into wine, wink, wink, wink. And don't <laughs> leave it, you know, in a bathtub for, you know, a certain amount of time with this amount of sugar. If you don't want it to turn into wine, wink, wink, wink. Um, people got their medical license because oftentimes medical treatments in those times was just whiskey or just whatever will make the pain go away. What a world. So people would just get medical license and become bartenders essentially. They just sell people whiskey. That's just how people got around it. Which is so crazy. And it gets even crazier because 
obviously this wasn't working. People were drinking more and more and more, but they just refused. They're like, no, this is gonna work. It just be, because the bars are all closed, this is definitely <laughs> gonna <laughs> stop people from drinking. This is when gangs got involved and gangs started controlling the flow of alcohol to cities. And of course, the speakeasies were also a thing, you know, the hidden clubs and like, you know, different areas of cities basically just nonstop partying, nonstop drinking all the time. It's just what it was. Um, and gang warfare, I'm talking Al Capone, this is like, you know, these people that we still recognize from history, um, started, you know, happening mass, like, uh, paying off of like officers and like lawyers and judges and stuff like that, but getting people out of trouble. Like it was just this mass, like, uh, of like this mass boom of like greed and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, like, like dishonesty, but like, you know, at a big level, like, uh, like collusion you, sure collusion like when you're paying off a judge and like you're like being dishonest i can't remember the word it's gonna kill me but and so bribery bribery C- capone gets arrested for tax evasion of mm-hmm. all things and this kind of tapers off the end of the prohibition area and they finally get rid of it eventually and then the roaring 20s happen this boom first of all this economic boom happens and everybody just starts partying and dancing and wearing flapper suits and the world i guarantee you before the great depression obviously mm-hmm. i guarantee you the world was never happier it's think possible. about think about being repressed and having to hide you know first of all in the speakeasies they they mixed races for the first time you know mm-hmm. it, nobody really cared because they were so stripped of their 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 rights to to drink alcohol or you know what they've been doing for hundreds of years the families they've been doing for hundreds of years that they did not care about these societal norms and, and societal lines you know the, some of probably people's first like experiences with the other other races I mean, people who were making music and making art mm-hmm. this at this turn of the century because they were so forced into hiding because of the alcohol it happened because of this um, jazz was invented in this age. You know, jazz is probably the the biggest bedrock for any music that came out after it. Like, mm. it's 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 so different from what music had been for hundreds of years. This meticulous and arduous process of creating something with an orchestra and all this stuff. And it, but jazz was so um like so special for that for that very reason. And music was never the same. Sounds I, I, like the guy that pitched Prohibition got his got his job done well. Everybody got happy. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he, he finally because he banned alcohol. Maybe it was his plan all along. I guarantee he wasn't. This guy sucked. Uh, but <laughs> he cracked the code. Tell the children they can't have it, and then they'll get it that much more. Yeah, and, and they'll do it in creative and, ways. And, and it is so true that th- it did not even work. Like making it illegal made it so much more. People wanted it that much more. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And there are still some prohibition laws that still exist these days. Like in Florida, for example, you cannot sell alcohol on Sundays before 2 p.m. If you go to the beach on Sunday, you're trying to grab a beer. Sorry. Yeah, we got we got a lot of states that still got blue laws. Blue laws. It's insane. But anyways, the prohibition era. I think it is one of the most interesting and fascinating areas that just never gets looked at in history class. We're like, okay, look, people 
we, we, we stopped drinking alcohol for a little bit. Al Capone came around, then the Great Depression, moving on. <laughs> and then we brought alcohol <laughs> back. And in between, women got the right to vote. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in there. Oh, jeez. Now let's talk about the wars. <laughs> For three months. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you say? One more? Um, sure. Why don't you give us the last one as well? You're more welfare. I was going to talk about Salem Witch Trials, but not for a long time. And then you give us the last one. How about that? Okay. Talk about Salem Witch. Just I, as, a, as a brief thing that I learned a couple years ago that I think is fascinating to me. So, assuming you don't know what the Salem Witch Trials are, there's a city called Salem. And there was a time period, now of which I forget, when did this happen? 1600s? 1600s? Is that is that right? Are we the same person now? Are we trying to become <laughs> red link? We're just going to start talking in sync? I'm okay with that. When, okay, yeah. 1692 and 1693. Okay, yeah. I'm so smart, yeah. dude. I, I was going to say 1600s, and which I did. Man, I was right. We, we were both right. Time, we're that? geniuses. God, we're, we're so both smart. great. <laughs> uh, so, a uh, city called Salem, and for some reason, people like this mass hysteria thing, this, people started thinking that other people were witches. And the way they would try to find out is you know, a couple different ways. You know, they would tie stones to them and throw them in the river. And if they sank, then they weren't a witch, but they are dead. And then if they didn't sink, they were a witch, and they killed them, so they were dead. Yep. Or, you know, put them in a vat of acid, and if they lived, they were a witch, and we should find another way to kill them. And if they died, well, they weren't a witch. That sucks. Um, <laughs> And that was just the way it was. But some research was done in, like, the 70s, and then more people um, followed up on the research in the past 10 years or so that the witch trials followed this outbreak of rye i'm gonna say ergo it might be ergot e-r-g-o-t mm. it's a fungus that when it rots it becomes this hallucinogenic and all of these people in salem had partaken in this so the salem witch trials happened because people got high is the prevailing like mantra of the research not as not, not in a way to say that like ah, getting high is bad or like weed is bad oh, but yeah. like in this specific instance people got so messed up and with so many hallucinogens that they straight up started thinking people were witches and then group things started to happen and all these other people that were also messed up were like, oh, they might be witches. They probably are witches. Let's throw them into the water. And then the people that were not exposed to it were like, um, guys, what's going on? Why why do you think we're witches all of a sudden? And then they throw that guy in the water. <laughs> and like, why are you suspicious of us thinking that we're that you're witch? It's because you're a witch. That's what a witch would say. And, and so, like that, I I want more research to happen in more periods of history of why random things happened. I want more research on the dancing plague. Hello, I need that. I think I think that's part of the. If I'm not mistaken, that that same rye ergot, uh, that rotting of that that um, particular strain of rye, I think that's part of the reason why that mass hysteria happened with with that uh, those people. And it is it boggles my mind. I think we're going to talk about this the rest of the episode because I, I, I am so okay. ready to talk about drugs and stuff like that. Um, it boggles my mind that we still can't do research, scientific research, on LSD and those kinds of drugs because because of the stigma that we have from the from the 40s and 50s and 60s from the, from the war on drugs. 
these things occur in nature and they and they happen and that's the reason why we have this and we have the dancing plague there are there are unexpected phenomena like people see mystical creatures why do we think people imagine those things do you think that they're just drinking water and having a good time and they're just like i see the Loch Ness monster ah like no they're obviously hallucinating with something we need to study these effects on the brain maybe they can have medical treatments like maybe they can like increase you know maybe they can help with alzheimer's and like memory you know recovery and stuff like that like we don't know but the reason why these things are so barred is because of these dogmatic stigmas from the, from this last century. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's so interesting that a large a large portion of uh the Salem witch trials was imagined and that people were people were killed and lynched because of these accusations. One of the most interesting of the of them being uh, I can't remember his name. What is his name? What is his name? What is his name? I don't know. We'll call him Jim Bob. Let's call him Jim Bob. Jim Bob. He probably, honestly, wasn't high. <laughs> um, he was like, you guys are a bunch of crazies, um, and you're a bunch of losers. Uh, and they accused, accused his wife of being a witch, and they killed her. And he was like, why the hell did you kill my wife? You guys are weird. I don't like you guys. And they're like, you're a witch, <laughs> which is the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't like they, you, ah, witch. They tried him, and they accused him of being a witch. They, they um, killed him by crushing him with stones. Um, so basically, they tied him to the ground, essentially, and they like digged a little, dig a little trench around him. They tied him to the ground, and they put a big stone on him. And his last words were, because basically they put a stone on you so you can't move, and then they just leave you out there in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they put more and more stones on you as your body decompresses and crushes you so you can't breathe and stuff like that. He sat out there for hours, and... They came out there and they were like, do you defame yourself from being a witch? Like, you know, if you denounce yourself, blah, 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 and serve yourself to God, this, this, that. And his last words were, more weight. <laughs> and they proceeded to throw another stone at him and they crushed his body. He died. Uh, I, I need to look up his name because that was a badass last quote. Guy who was crushed by stones in Salem Witch Trials. He's a B.A. That's all I gotta say. Guy who, guy who invented guillotine is the first thing that comes up. <laughs> guy who name was what? Jock uh, Guillotine wasn't that his name? Uh, it, it wasn't Jock, but it was a, it was it a, was something French, and his last name was Guillotine without the e. I forget his name now. But yeah, I I, I want I want some I want some dope last words when I go. You know, even if I'm just going of old age. Giles Corey. How did I forget that? Giles Corey. I've watched, I've watched The Crucible so many times. I should my, know this. Name my kid Giles after him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Giles Corey's pressed to death with stones for refusing to put himself in the country. That is to allow himself to be put on trial. So, yeah. Giles Corey, man. Um, whenever, yeah. whenever I think of the Salem Witch Trials now, I think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> when they come up and they're trying to figure out whether the woman is a witch. And then they're like, and what burns? Wood. And then and they're, and they're trying to get him to the word duck so that she could weigh it against the duck. And if she weighs the same as the duck, she's a witch. And it's so funny. That's the best part of the movie. That's <laughs> super funny. Like, that is just, that is hilarious hijinks. If I've ever seen it. Uh, also, 
you haven't read or watched The Crucible, please do. It is one of the most, um, it is a very compelling play, but not only that, it's like one of the most widely performed straight plays in the world. It has Mm. over like, I don't know, it's not a million, but it's, it's a very high number of performances done by different high schools, different universities and yeah. places. The Crucible is very fascinating. Um, it centers, obviously, around the Salem Witch Trials. And and the writing, I don't remember who wrote that that, that play, but um, the writing is very symbolic for the times that he wrote it in. He wrote it during the communist, um, what's the word? Communist hunt, witch hunt in Arthur America. Arthur Miller. Arthur Miller, thank you. He wrote it during the communist witch hunt in the 50s and 60s where people were just being pulled out of their homes because they were communist spies, quote-unquote. And he wrote this story about the same thing happening in Salem during the entire you know, duration of, of this witch trial, witch mm. hunt, um, that people often just throw out there nowadays with, you know, with little re- regard or anything like that. Yeah. Um, that's another tale for another time. If there is a time in history that you regard – um, and I noticed this also. We talked about pretty much all the white history. We didn't talk about any like, like ancient Egypt is also very interesting. But like you know Greece and yeah. anything like that. Like we didn't talk about any of that stuff. But we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything that you find interesting, anything that you want to uh, let us know about, anything historical, shoot us a message, a tweet. Yeah. Um, there's a letter. There's a so pigeon. much. There's so much history that I find interesting. Like I, I love ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. I love ancient rome i think they're so interesting um but i i guess mainly what i focused on was stuff that kind of boggled my mind when i learned about it and obviously the thing that boggled my mind the most was berlin just the time period of the wall boggled my mind when i had first learned about it um but you know nothing about ancient greece and ancient rome up to this point has never like truly boggled my mind like Mm -hmm. the things that happened i'm like man that's crazy that happened but i've it's never been like I can't believe they had 200 wives at once, you know, like I, I, at this point I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's the way it's been. I like, that doesn't boggle my mind anymore. Right. You know, but point being, there's a lot of history and I hate, I, I, it, it bothers me when people say they don't like history. Mm. Like I understand not liking the class with having to memorize things about history. I understand that just the memorization game isn't some people's favorite, but when people just straight up don't like history because it's old and who cares, that really bothers me. So if you're one of those people, I would advise you to change immediately. I'm kidding. You You don't have to change. If you're one of those people, I would recommend you watch Oversimplified. I really would. I I think it's an easy, like it's a 20 minute thing. If you're like on a walk or like it just, it's, it's a it's it's a good it's at least a good starting point of to, of just to kind of get roped into history yeah and what happened and or why it's important now mm-hmm. because you'd be amazed the parallels you could draw between let's say certain governments through history versus current governments through history and sure. what they're doing similarly and how in the past it didn't work out so well and how maybe in the current present it might should stop. You know, certain parallels. Or you can learn about witches getting high. You can learn about witches getting high. How is that not fascinating history? Or you can learn about, I mean, like, there was this one time in World War II where um, the Americans thought that they could trick the Germans into boarding a ship 
so they all dressed in drag. <laughs> this is real. I know. I love this. They dressed in drag and like were like, hi, boys, from like their ship. And then the Germans were like, why are the Americans dressing <laughs> in drag? <laughs> I think why are these Americans insulting us? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what happened after that, but I remember that part. There's in in Seattle in like the 1850s, they had they had built this neighborhood, the first neighborhood of Seattle, with the name of which I forget. Um, and the the retention walls um, weren't built well, and there was this um, massive fire in the city that destroyed streets, and the streets started flooding with mud and because of the way that the streets were flooding with mud, people's toilets just started gushing like fire hydrants and the city was built poorly. And then the whole thing burned. And then when they got relief funds, they didn't clear any of it out. They just built eight feet above what had happened. So the whole burned neighborhood of Seattle is now the underground of what that new neighborhood is. And you can take underground tours of what that neighborhood slash city used to be because the whole thing was built so poorly that it burned and flooded everything. And now that's just the underground Guys, of his- Seattle. History is so cool. It's so cool. Please look at history. Do it. Go Do us a favor. Find literally literally YouTube videos of Oversimplified or anything else. Like, take 10 minutes to learn about something. It's fine. We have these three books of just random useless knowledge or unusual knowledge or extraordinary facts. And a lot of it centers around random things in history. Yeah. Like there's, there's a story in there about the multiple assassination attempts on Hitler of, you know, going in, like going into the boardroom and the guy just had to set down a briefcase next to Hitler that had a bomb in it and then be a part of the meeting and leave. And then like someone went to the bathroom and seating arrangements changed. And when the bomb went off, Hitler was farther away than he was supposed to be. And other people died, but he didn't. And then there were a couple other after that. And they're just so interesting to read about. Because if not only for the fact of knowing, but also for the fact of thinking about what would have happened. Yeah. Like how how would history have changed significantly or otherwise had Hitler, you know, been assassinated before more of the war took place or, you know, any other point in history where, you know, small decision decisions changed massive outcomes the butterfly effect yeah that that that's what history is all of history is the biggest butterfly effect that there is that one that one stupid guy who created a fire (laughs) (laughs) that one idiot named his his last name was probably fire (laughs) (laughs) his name was guy fire (laughs) and that's why guy fieri comes from (laughs) He was he was so so inspired by the man who created fire that he named himself after him, Guy Fire. <laughs> Actually, matter of fact, the guy who invented fire is named Guy. If you've ever seen the Crudes, then you would know that that is historically correct. The man who created fire it's probably deep within my is named Guy. My my my, my, my uh, repulsive repulsive deep within your love for Ryan Reynolds. You mean because he's the one that voices Guy. Can Ryan we, Reynolds created talk, fire. Can we still talk That's about the this. point. Oh my gosh. All right. Someone created fire and then Andrew Carnegie got to be a quadruple trillionaire with his steel. And then have you I don't what what I want to look real quick, just now that it's come to mind, what his net worth would be now. Carnegie? Um 
yeah, Andrew Carnegie's net worth now, net worth today. Right now, he would be worth between three hundred to three hundred seventy-two billion dollars. Look up Rockefeller. Yeah, Rockefeller, I think, is either barely higher or barely lower. What is it, J.D. Rockefeller? Yeah, yeah. it's higher. That's uh, also interesting. Kind of the same time period as the Prohibition. Rockefeller would be about four hundred today. I want you to look up one more, and then we can close. Okay. Mansa Musa. Mansa Musa. I'm gonna guess. For his it converted it into um, uh, inflation. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna say eight hundred billion. It's roughly four hundred billion. About the four hundred. About oh. the same as Rockefeller. Hmm. Yeah. God, he's so poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaking. You're the same as Rockefeller. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Nancy Musa was the terrible. fact that all of you are worth more than any of the people that are alive today. It's embarrassing because that's still nothing. <sighs> probably right. couldn't even afford a haircut. <laughs> if, <it hurt. laughs> if haircuts hurt, you probably couldn't even afford it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my new insult. That's my new insult. If haircuts hurt, you probably, you couldn't, probably even couldn't even afford, afford it. it. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, their their minds gonna try to connect those dots, <laughs> and they're gonna be like. <laughs> And their brain's just gonna. You probably have such long hair, you rat. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Milk and Screams. We hope it's not gonna be another month before we put out another <laughs> one. It's been fun doing this. Um, we'll see y'all in the next one. Fine. Later, skaters.